Hello, my name's James and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we're chatting in a pre-drinking fashion ahead of the Hungarian Grand Prix at the Hungarian, Hungarian, Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joined by my friends and yours, the two Thomases, Tommy T. G'day, mate. G'day. Thomas J. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you? It's so aggressive, Tommy T. I'm peppered up. Good to be here. He's peppered. Uh, all right, let's get straight into it, lads. Uh, lots of nonsense happening between the British Grand Prix to the Hungarian Grand Prix. Tommy T, your thoughts on the Red Bull Mercedes I can't tip. be staffed. Like... Fair enough. So the biggest kind of thing was that I found funny. Let's talk about that. Let's do it this way. What was the funniest thing that you found over the last two weeks? I'm going to go with Albon having to retrace lines to try and bolster (laughs) Red Bull's case for it to be reopened. That was what I found the funniest. You know you've really made it as a Formula Uh, 1 driver when Karen's saying, now look, we understand that you're a good driver, but what I need you to do... Is go out on a film on a on a day that was already set aside pre predetermined filming day, and take this car and go around the track at this specific time to do this. Now I know the day before they had the eighteen inch inch wheel test. That's cool. I look like Alex, but I mean, really, to talk about being a pawn in the bigger oh, yeah. game. Yeah, a bit of a joke, Campy. Yeah, well, he's doing exactly what he needs to do to get that seat back next year, isn't he? Oh, yeah. he's, uh, he's a yes man to the bosses. If it was me, I'd be going, shut up. <laughs> shut up, hell, Marco, you absolute tit. He's still – he that, that guy's still going on about Lewis Hamilton missing a race. Yeah. It's like he got penalised during the race and still won it. You can't argue with nah, that. exactly. I just – look, I'm not the biggest Lewis fan. I'm – complimentary of his driving and what he does on track. Off track, I'm not his biggest fan, but I can't fault him. Racing incident for me, um, our Discord chat for the last two weeks. They're still talking about it Friday night. I jumped on Friday (laughs) night a couple of hours before, and they're still having the same conversation, the same points through and through and through. Uh, I like James Allison's quote, uh, I think, in relation to um, Lewis missing the apex. He said, Lewis is under no... Um, no guidelines to hit a hidden apex at every corner. So that 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 argument puts me more in the sway that it was still a racing incident, mm. and probably less Hamilton's fault. I mean, anyway, insane. I think it, just I think it's Helmut Marco. <laughs> shut up, you dickhead! <laughs> yeah. Absolute <laughs> muppet. Yeah. Yes, you, you're allowed to. You're allowed to review it and do a protest through the FIA, but no one gives a shit anymore, mate. Just shut up. Stop carrying on like an idiot. This makes your organisation look worse mm. than what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just to add I mean, context. It's a very good think- organisation in every aspect, but. <laughs> yeah. So the whole whole two weeks, I think everyone's kind of got to the realisation, okay, either fall into the camp of racing incident, kind of like Campy, or maybe a little bit more Lewis's fault. Penalty, fair enough, move on. The only people still carrying on are Red Bull. And that's kind of they're, – they're on this island by themselves carrying on like, I don't know, Lewis had this plot to assassinate Max almost <laughs> with his F1 car. That's how it feels. It's ridiculous. Everyone is. else is kind of in the camp of like penalty was fair enough or probably should have been nothing and just move on. So they're going very extreme on the outside and that's why. It's just hilarious. Um, but then, James, like you're going to point out the stuff that's come back with Toto as well, which is just adding fuel to the fire. 
Yeah, I, the, look, Toto's not the kind of guy that's just going to sit idly by and let all of this no. nonsense happen. Uh, what I did find interesting, though, uh, is Karen's language changed after the lawyers <laughs> got involved and they probably went, probably the same lawyers that Lawrence Stroll used for uh, trying to get some performance back and they said, seriously, this is what you want us to do? Okay, whatever, okay. there is no case here. <laughs> Um, the guy got a penalty for what it was absolutely a racing incident one way or another. The amount of experts, inverted commas, drivers who we actually like listening to who has said, guys, it's a racing incident. And I know every incident technically during a race is a racing incident, but it just happened, right? So yeah. everyone needs to move on. Max is fine. That's the most important thing. Um, and, yeah, Toto just snapping back at at. Karen and co. But I think you're right. Like in terms of just absolute ridiculousness and the one thing that the Discord server agrees and if you're not part of it yet, please go jump across to that. You can find that link in the description below um, is that Helmut Marco is an absolute dud. He just has no space in this sport anymore. Talk about one of the reasons probably that Danny Rick left Red Bull was the absolute terrible culture, which is clearly evident from this bloke. Regardless of how funny he might seem, he's a moron. My, I'm sorry, what are you still doing in the sport? Mo- Director of motorsport, I'm pretty sure Christian Horner can find a good driver and say, would you like to be part of the Red Bull Junior <laughs> team? And that person can say yes. Literally, that's his whole job done in 15 seconds. In the, in the talent pool with the guys that are coming through, like Liam Lawson now, fantastic. Alex Albon's still part of the talent pool, fantastic. So I don't understand why he's there. One of the things that I will say, lads, uh, that is excellent out of this is – a, uh, a meme group on Facebook. I don't know if you've seen this. It's a Simpsons-style F1 meme group. It put it in wow. MGUH. And it, like, if you listen to this podcast, you're not part of that, go look at it because I'm looking at a couple now, and mainly around Johnny Herbert trying to stop the booing of <laughs> oh. Lewis Hamilton. And it is absolutely <laughs> I was saying booerns. Anyway. Is um, that not one of the most British boo-erns. sensibility kind of things to try and stop fans booing? Like, oh, but also the, shut up, Johnny Herbert. Oh, that's not seriously. about you, mate. Just ask the questions. Like, stop whatever. that. Every, oh, I laugh so hard. Oh, that's that. enough, that made everybody. Me love it. Stop it. No, stop it, guys. Stop it, please. <laughs> Sorry, Lewis. Oh, mate, he's fine. He's, this is a race. As he said, like, you know, the booing. <laughs> Gets me ramped up. Sure, cool, whatever. No one really cares. Let's just keep moving on. Anyway, enough. Well, I just want to get on record that Lewis has all also come out and said, I've never felt so supported by the fans. It's like I've never felt like anyone's been behind me and backed me. So let's watch him shit the bed tonight. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> let's have those comments change about the fans being on him. Bring on a Valtteri Bottas win, I say. Yeah, it's about is. bloody time. They're out to get me. They're out to get me. All right, let's talk about uh, what's happened in the uh, a bit of time between the actual television stuff. Uh, Campy uh, and, well, to be honest, all three of us would have absolutely no idea what happened in practice, uh, but apparently Campy's missus will know because she watched as Campy <laughs> fell asleep on the couch and sat up and watched practice. Good on you, Bryony. Yep. Um, honestly, good job because as much as I can see from the highlights, it was pretty boring, um, apart from Mick Schumacher binning it. Anything else really of note, lads, in this time apart from Danny Rick just still not being on the pace? Didn't watch a second. I fell asleep. I tried. I watched the first 20 minutes of P1, went out for a fine dinner and then got home and just crashed. I put it on and I was out and within four. What was it like going out for dinner, Campy? Was that a fun thing, James? Uh, Are you like going out for dinner? Look, what I like doing is is creating content about police horses specifically. (laughs) 
<laughs> is there going to be some kind of new headwear for horses if, to wear? If you know, as you know. Patrolling? No, no, it's just troop horse to brook, my man. Um, no, um, Jeez, they'd look way better with black uniforms. Those police, I yeah. reckon, they'd just look dodgier and dodgier. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it's like going out for dinner. Uh, I've forgotten and serves me right, really, for taking the piss out of you two last year. This is purely just my comeuppance coming back hardcore. You can call me King of the North. I have died in the Ice Walkers or whatever they're called. I don't know. Um, look, I put myself in the bin, Campy. If you could clear some space, maybe just take Gasly out so I could fit. That would be good. Um, yeah, hey, practice. We have to put uh, – practice. Yeah, not a lot happened. Yep. Uh, Danny Rick – Jesus, I struggled watching Danny Rick. Yeah, let's let's talk about He's Daniel. Off. Let's talk let's, about Daniel. Ugh. He was he had a pretty okay Friday. He wasn't too far off. Um Saturday, as soon as he got in car for practice three, it was he was miles off. In Q three, he was um he did a one seventeen six or something or one seventeen five to get him into Q two, which was right on the cusp. Um not what we want to see from Danny Rick. Q2 time, he, he improved by 1.2 seconds, mm. So, which tells me there's some pace in that car, but obviously the setup change they made between the two sessions was vital to extracting that pace. But, um, yeah, as I said last week, he had a good result. He had a good race weekend in Silverstone, I thought, um, or better comparatively to this whole year that we're looking at. Yeah. But again, this week he just sort of – he came back. I expected a bit more from him this weekend, but still off the pace, still struggling to extract that, just that extra two and a half, three-tenths that he needs to bridge that gap to Norris at the moment, and it's, it's frustrating to watch. But uh, qualifying P11 on that uh, – he'll start on the mediums or even the hards. Yeah. Um, I think he's in a prime position to uh, – jump up the pack. Hopefully can something can happen to one of the top four cars and he can jump onto a podium because mm. I think he'll be able to – I think the strategy is so far in the way of a uh, of a two-stop yeah. that I think if he can make that one-stop work going from a hard to a medium or a medium to a hard with an incident involved, yeah. he won't lose so much time to the top runners in the first 10 laps getting past whoever he needs to get past. For sure. It's yeah. going to depend on that drop-off. Of that tyre eventually, hey? Well, we know, like, their race pace is way better than the Alpines and Sebastian Vettel, so mm. they're the three directly in front of him. And then the other guys, Gasly, who, again, qualified amazingly well, but their race pace isn't great, especially on starting on the soft, they're a disadvantage. Yeah. So I've got no doubt that he'll pass those guys throughout the race. He just, for his race to be exceptional and get a result and be up there with Norris or even beat Norris, he needs to be... He needs to get two positions off the start Which is and then pass Vettel and Alonso. Yeah, well, he can do it, so let's not do it. Mm. But then he's got Ocon or Alonso, the other Alpine driver in front mm. of him, which he can afford to lose five or six seconds in the first, you know, ten laps while he's trying to pass them. But, um, yeah, a bit of a shame for DR. Just, unfortunately, it's not his year. No. And it's hard to it's, – it's, he'll be back. It's hard he'll from where back. we it's sit, hard. though, isn't it? We just we just don't know what's going on. We know the guy's really good. We just don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't have enough knowledge of what it's like to be an engineer in that team and what's actually going on with the car. So we've just got to kind of have faith that we know he's good. He will figure it out eventually. And then hopefully new regs are when he comes good. Yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it, as you say? But also, you know, he – 
the after action report is basically the same each each weekend. The, the reporters ask the same questions, and he's like, you know, it's just about cornering. Some corners mm. I feel connected, and other corners I just yeah. can't get it together. And obviously, that is a pretty important part of racing a Formula One car. And him trying yeah. to adjust his style versus the the systems of this car, as you say, twenty twenty two brings new regulations, and it's a different philosophy, Campy, as you've said, of driving as well. So. There's potentially some gains to be made for him, but as you say, it's incredibly hard to watch. As I said in the Discord, I'm just going to watch MotoGP for the rest of the year and just put all of my eggs in the Jack Miller basket for Australians and kind of forget about 2021 for DR because it is really hard to watch. And as much as we support him, and I don't think he's terrible at all, it's just hard because he just can't get it together. And it's even worse because Lando has had so many mm. years in that car and is tying it together and just never talks about DR at all. When he comes up on the podium, like on the um, Sky thing afterwards and says, oh, well, how was the race? He goes, yeah, it was good for us and then talks about himself, which <laughs> I also think is really hard probably for DR to, to handle, I guess. Don't worry about Lando. That kid, you know, his colours will show next year when he's a dud. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have a driving style that will be able to adapt. I thought you were going to say he doesn't have a drive. I was like, bloody hell, he just signed. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't have a driving style that will adapt. Well, let's, let's talk about qualifying for other people then. Carlos Sainz, uh, put your hand up if you had him in your fantasy team. Campy. Um, <laughs> turbo. <laughs> turbo <laughs> as well. Do you get negative turbo? Uh, they be need to change that for about three weeks. And, still and you always say, I'm, after this podcast, I'm going to go and change my fantasy team. Uh, um, it's unfortunate because Ferrari didn't weren't too bad really this week. I mean, McLaren and Ferrari weren't exactly astounding at this track, but Leclerc uh, was in seventh and Carlos is starting down in 15th, but only because of that spin around. And he said afterwards, Campy, that he didn't really know what happened. I mean, was it like wind, do you think, or something upset the car? Yeah, they came out later oh, just- and they said it was a 35-kilometre gust or something uh-huh. out of nowhere. But he was like, I'm not going to use that excuse because well, I'm I mean, just going to cop it on the cheese. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, after I use the excuse. <laughs> it's motorsport and these things happen. Yeah. And uh, can I just say, absolutely hated Rosberg's uh, commentary <laughs> of, of that particular spin too. <laughs> oh, jeez. He's talking about tyre temperatures and surface temperatures as opposed to pressure in the tyre. And I, I was like, shut up, Nico. We all know this. We give, we get the same spiel from Ted every week. We don't need to hear it for the 10,000th time. Anyway, unfortunate for him. Uh, yeah, I thought it was more the front. I thought the front was locking up or the front got a bit jittery which enabled the rear to kick out. So that 35-kilometre gust of winds. Probably exactly what it is. It's a load of wind. <laughs> They're talking out of their ass at Ferrari. I think. Uh, I think you just made a mistake. Yeah. Mm. You know, making a mistake in these uh, qualifying, low fuel, uh, pushing the car the absolute limit. Yeah. Maximum. You know, maximum output on the engine. Because he had a ripping uh, first lap just, too. Ah. Oh. It's a shame for yeah. him because he had some pace this weekend. I mean, the qualifying between then seven three actually, so mm. well, it's eight three now. So, uh, yeah, shame, shame for Carlos, but uh, they're lucky they got some good pace, so they'll be able to. Um, yeah, they got some good, they got some good pace in the car, and they've been quick. They were quick in Silverstone. I was really impressed with Leclerc's base up front. Um, 
And they have definitely bought that same pace to Hungary this weekend. Oh, I think they're a better car than uh, the McLaren at the moment. So, um, yeah. Something that's really interesting in terms of qualifying results is Alpine this week. Ocon's obviously got it together a little bit uh, after probably realizing the chassis that he had maybe wasn't so new and that Campy had just ground the numbers off. And so he's probably got a proper new <laughs> chassis this weekend. Um, he starts in eighth and Alonso in ninth. Uh, Alpine are making real gains. And mm. potentially, though, it's a track that suits them more than anything else. And we saw Campy with Renault last year and the year before. They made certain gains at certain tracks and then everything else was a bit of a disaster for them. Do you think this is much the same? Oh, no, I think their car last year was way better than it is this year. Um, hence why they had some really good tracks, track-specific. Um, but they were pretty good last year. Um, this year, I mean, Alonso's lapping Q2. Oh. Dear Lord, that guy can drive. Yeah. I think he said a purple middle sector, which is, you know, the high downforce, uh, low speed, medium speed corners. Mate, what that guy can drive and he's 40 years yeah. old. Happy birthday, mate. <laughs> and still got it together. Oh, Matt. Magnificent to watch. It's a shame he's not in a title contending car. Yeah, imagine yeah. that. Imagine him himself injecting him. Sorry, injecting himself into that uh, Max Verstappen Lewis Hamilton fight with a car that was capable of capable of winning. That guy would just be. Oh, that would just add an extra layer of carnage to the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a purist. I think I think Fernando Alonso would get the job done if I'm honest. So. Um, Nothing wrong with a bit of purity, uh, Campy. Tommy T, what did you think of Alpine? Uh, it's be- it's better. Purity ring. <laughs> <laughs> that is the last thing. That is the last <laughs> thing that would be attributed to you, Thomas You're J. Camp, is purity Didn't we ring. we give those purity rings to each other when we were 15? I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what? No, thank you, sir. Jeez. Back to Alpine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually it was good to see Ocon actually – do something for once. He's been useless since he signed his contract. So about time, yep. that car is way better than he's been using it in the previous week. So good. But, yeah, you're right. Alonso was spot on. He's he's talking like this might just be the old guy kind of like trying to stay young, but he's saying he's feeling like he's 25 again and he's at peak performance and all these kind of things. Like there's no way to prove that, but he's, he's, he's doing really well. So it's great to see. Perez was really nowhere near Max this qualifying session, was he, lads? Uh, And as much as he didn't like Nico Rosberg's commentary, I actually prefer him in the commentary box to having to see him hosting because then you don't have to see what he's wearing, firstly. Secondly, he does have have some really good – like he's ruthless with commentary. Like when something happens with George, he's like, well, that's two tenths gone. Look at the understeer. Oh, that's terrible. And Perez's lap, when when he was going around, he's like, that's not good enough. A whole second (laughs) off. Put him in the bin. Can you make some more space? We've got another one for you. (laughs) That kind of vibe, which I thought was really interesting. Anyway, but Perez just can't get it together. Is it just showing that Max is just absolutely mega and this car is still difficult for other people to learn to drive? I struggle to comment on this at the moment because – the only Perez is the only gap bigger to his teammate than Danny. So it's kind of like, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, how good is the teammate? How used to the car are they? All those kind of things. But I think it's just inherent of that second Red Bull seat compared to Max. You're going to be a distance off. Maybe that's half the distance that he currently is. And maybe half of that's his talent and maybe him not putting it together. I think to be honest, like it's not good enough, but they ended up in, in Q4 in uh, P4, sorry. So that's 
where you would expect them to be anyway. So net result is the same. So we move on. Hopefully he gets it done in the race, which is his skill set, to be honest, not qualifying. True. Cabby? I've been pretty kind on Perez this year because I think he's the best second driver that Red Bull have had since Danny Rick was there. Not that Danny Rick was the second driver, but um, are we going to have to start having the same conversations about Perez and his lack of pace in qualifying that we've had about Gasly and Albon for the last three years since we've done this podcast? Um, I want to be fair and consistent. Not really. I'm just going to make that. No, do we start having that conversation? Because the gap in qualifying yeah. is just uh, – Grosberg's kind of right. It's it's unacceptable. It's not what Red Bull want. I think I think Perez is saving graces. He's got to win this mm. year. Um, I think in the minds of people, he's a better driver than the previous two second drivers they've had, or three. So I think the perception of Perez is that he's much better than those two and because he, he's – because he's got a proven track record in F1. But we may have to start having some serious conversations by the season's end. So he's only got a one-year contract too. So mm. um, could he just be seat-warming for another team? Mm. And then does that throw the question, if he is just seat-warming for a, a Gasly or an Albon to come back with the new Ricks and they're giving him a second chance, then where does he go, A? Mm. What seats are available and how much does that throw the grid up? I mean, Red Bull could be looking at Valtteri going, you're the perfect number two for us. We want you back. Oh, Ooh, that's a it's good an, point, Cappy. Yeah. I hadn't even thought you of know, that. Imagine. And I don't want to – maybe we can talk about silly season in a minute. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come yeah, to silly season. I, I think we're going to have to make a genuine assessment of Perez in the next couple of races because last weekend in um, – Last race in uh, the mm. UK, he wasn't brilliant. I mean, he, the team sacrificed him as well. Yeah, um, yeah well, I, I did notice a very energetic fist bump from Max to VB after uh, their interviews. He went out of his way to go back bump. and give it a fist bump. So yeah. I'm not no. going to read into that other than they're going to be teammates next year. No, Lawrence, <laughs> correct, because Lawrence Stroll did that to Seb Vettel last year yeah. down the pit lane, you remember? Energetic yeah. fist bump. A little now bit of like happened. going out of your way to go get a fist bump. It says a lot. Mm, it does. You do that often. <laughs> Fist bump is worth a thousand people. words, you know. <laughs> Good. Wow. Good. Uh, wow. the, last, the last person I want to talk about in the qualifying session is George Russell not yeah. making it through. He's no longer Mr. Saturday and I couldn't be happier. Come on. Oh, I'm sick of everyone yeah. talking about Mr. Saturday. Put him in the bed and camp. It's a shit nickname, to be honest. Let's, let's go there. Uh, it sucks. I'll tell you what, these British commentators, they are doing my tips and <laughs> I'm so sick of this. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of this British bias. <laughs> Every time I turn on, I'll hear about how good George Russell is and get his shirt off. The guy's a squeak. <laughs> get his shirt off. Zero personality. <laughs> Probably perfect for a racing car drive. Perfect for corporate world. You yes. Know, doing the right things by his sponsors. But, geez, the guy's got zero personality. And <laughs> he, apolog- he did have a bad lap and he apologised to the team afterwards, just didn't get the setup right, which which happens, but he still beat Latifi. So, <laughs> what, he's... It's fifty to zero in his races oh, in Williams at the that's moment. Disgusting. Oh, that's got that's got to be some sort of record. It has to. It's, um, good on him, Mister Saturday. Eh? Mister Saturday. <laughs> at least so. Latifi was in a tank during the week and took a selfie <laughs> in the in a turret. Like at least he's doing cool stuff while he's you know traveling the world. Good on him. Yeah. I'm here for that. 
That's really good. What, what was the unit? A tank? Yeah, it's just in a tank. That's uh, look testing I Red Bulls. I thought you meant like a relaxation tank. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first Jeez, tank that comes biz- to your yeah, mind. That's bizarre that that's where you went. That's not how where is, I thought. How is your floating sessions going? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I was very glad, as you say. Um, the other thing of note with the British broadcast is that Ted has not mentioned the water park that I have picked up this weekend. Yes, he has. Crofty did it before. No, but Ted. There's a water park next to yeah, yes. Croft, But Crofty is just picks up on everything possible and tries to milk it for what it's worth. Ted, at least, I know he's ridiculous sometimes, like yeah. saying, oh, well, Gasly's eyeing up Daniel Ricciardo's McLaren seat for 2022 <laughs> because he's qu- that's oh. his competence, Ted. I like you. Shut up. You're doing. You're looking at the bin at this point. <laughs> yeah, Croft is a joke a stealer, skip. isn't he? He's a big he joke is. stealer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's a bit like, like Campy. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, good. Very good. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's. <laughs> I'll steal your jokes and you edit them out. They're not for bloody live broadcast. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, help us today. We are ever on a proper live to television oh, or radio. Go and get your vaccinations, people. Real good. Do it for the country. Good. Oh, Excellent. Shut up. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what we want to watch for in the race before this spirals into Campy's column. Um, obviously, the Max V Lewis battle is, is going to heat up. There was some words that have been exchanged, you know, I think, as, as I said, the the bigger problem out of what happened the other weekend is the teams really amplified it and the drivers, you know, Lewis and Max haven't really had a lot to say on the issue apart from Max's statement saying celebrating whilst in hospital is a bit much. Apart from that, I reckon they're just going to get on with it, right? I, I was but- listening to the Check and Flag podcast, which hate to shout out that podcast, but... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Are you okay? Oh, just because they're the biggest around. Strapped with content. They... We're almost intimating that Max was going to punt Lewis off and that was going to be his objective. I was like, (laughs) in what world is he going to write himself off for no reason when he can win points? That makes zero sense whatsoever. They might, and to be honest, Jolly and Palmer was actually the one making the most sense. He's like, they're probably going to have another crash, but it's not going to be this intentional torpedo style. It's going to be hard racing, which is what we want to see as fans anyway, so play on. Well, this this next point probably comes into the Max V Lewis battle is the addition of the rear gunners probably in the correct positions for for Mercedes and for Red Bull for a change. Um, We know that Perez often drops off the pace pretty significantly, but if he can really challenge Bottas coming in, uh, well, Max firstly obviously has to get past Valtteri, but that kind of playing of strategy I suppose has – this is one of the few races where this is going to come into its own. It's going to be exciting for us. Yeah. Well, interesting too, Red Bulls had to go on the soft in Q2, mm. so they start on the soft, not the medium. So the the advantage is firmly in Mercedes yes. court for this race. Um, I think I think in a dream scenario for Mercedes, Hamilton will get the start. Bottas holds up holds up uh, Verstappen behind him and then lets Lewis run for 15, 15 laps and build that 12, 13-second gap, which is unassailable. They won't be able to claw it yeah. back because they're on that on the worst strategy starting on the soft. So that'll be the – the start's the biggest – like the start could throw up some major, major importance mm. for the championship this year. So I'm looking forward to this one. It should be good. Yeah, it absolutely should be. Uh, the Ferrari versus McLaren battle, as we've said a little bit earlier, that's that's the interesting one. I mean, DR is ahead of signs by four positions, uh, both with 
free tire choice, obviously. Hopefully, DR's strategy actually comes off this time. There's mm. been a few times where we're like, well, clearly he'd be on the hards because <coughs> he's starting 13th and he's on the same tires as the top 10. You're like, well, guys, surely you can stop being so rubbish at this. McLaren have been pretty hit and miss with his strategy yeah. for the year, but Campy, does he strap on the hards and try and go as long as he possibly can? Oh, mediums, they still need to get the start. You want to be competitive off the start. Yeah. You know? Medium hearts, hopefully you can eat you know, the extra 10 to 15. It's going to be hot though, isn't laps it? Laps out of the tyres mm. and the softs. Well, are we going to get rain? Because that's the Manus. first thing I heard Come about. Come on, Yeah, the first thing I heard about before we haven't got <laughs> cars on track in P1 was, oh, we got rain for Sunday. I'm like, <laughs> shut up, Karun. <laughs> shut up. Until I actually see rain on the track, I'm not even going to think about it. Can't be too much global warming, mate. That's why there's been no rain. Global warming's real. Really? Yeah. Really? (laughs) Never seen it. Isn't it climate change, not global warming yet? Oh, we changed it, yeah. We spinned it. They stuffed up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Leclerc and Norris are the other two. So there's the battle between DR and Sainz because Sainz has got Giovinazzi, Kimi and Stroll in front of him. So we're pretty confident that he's going to jump those guys pretty quickly. If it's anything like last time, the fact that Daniel held with hay fever evidently as well, managed to hold Sainz behind for so long in DRS is epic. Um, So those two are going to have a good battle and, of course, Gasly ahead of Norris and Leclerc. So that is going to bring some jeopardy into the situation as well. But Oh, it'd be great if they crash. Well, there you go. Well, who knows what's going to happen. But Gasly, look, he he's driving that machine really, really well. I, I hope that he has an opportunity to get another podium this year um, so he firmly gets out of your bin, Campy. And I think everyone listening would probably agree with that. I know Tommy <laughs> T does. Oh, yes. Yeah. Big fan of Gasly. But his teammate, Sonoda, oh, is yeah. not performing <laughs> at am. all. I and like him a lot. He needs to go in the bin. He actually needs to go in the bin. Yuki, he's had too long and there's just too much, too many mistakes. He's got some too, random pace though sometimes, hasn't he? Out of nowhere, he'll have a ripper and then just yep. suck. I, I don't know. All very right, inconsistent. So but young driver, so. Gasly Albon line up at Alpha Terra. I reckon that's what it should be. Yeah. To be honest, because I think, yep. I mean, in terms of bringing new talent in, I get that and I get the Honda thing. But if. If genuinely, if Alpha Tauri wanted significant results straight away, they should have brought Albon straight back in. And we know he can drive yeah. that car. He drove the Toro Rosso yeah. incredibly well. And even he had some great yeah. results in Red Bull as well last year, let's not forget. A couple of times he was really pushing that car towards the front, obviously not as fast as Max, but in a similar way to what Perez has been doing. So mm. anyway, I think he deserves it for sure. Um, but Sonoda is, yeah, it, I don't understand it. I understand that it's a growing juniors, but when you've got, Bloody Alonso, who's 40, smashing it. Yeah. Like, you know, put that kind of thought in the bin, to be honest. Anyway, that's just, that's me. And uh, all right, let's talk about the silly season stuff then, because the other point that I wanted to raise was Williams. There's been some other drivers who aren't currently in the Formula One paddock being linked to the second seat at Williams. What that means, who knows if it's talking about Latifi's seat or George Russell's seat, but Hulkenberg has been linked. Nick DeVeers from yeah. it was F2, did really well in F2 and then is now in Formula E in the Mercedes seat at Formula Talk E. Talking about and no personality. And Stoffel Van Dorn, who's also uh, doing incredibly well in Formula E with the Mercedes family. Uh, To be honest, I think they were probably both very surprised when Toto Wolff mentioned their name in conjunction with Formula One. They were like, pardon? Uh, I'm sorry? A bit of shell game. They're all going for George. We know that. It's no no secret. It's just a little bit of sleight of hand, I think, from Toto. Just trying to keep things interesting. 
But it's interesting though because we're talking about Bottas drops swap swapping mm. straight rather with GR if that's what's going to happen. But potentially, Campy, your point of maybe Red Bull Racing's eyeing him up means that Perez is a free agent to go to it because Alpha and Williams are probably the two teams that have definitely got free seats next year, right? Yeah, look, I, look, I don't know. It just makes sense for Red Bull to take the Bottas for me in my head, but. Um, Drivers changing at the top end of the field is quite rare. Mm. doesn't mm. happen often. and They don't genuinely cross to each other. They genuinely drop back down uh, through the through the midfield and into the back of the pack and finish out their career. A bit like a Barrichello did. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm not too sure. I think, I think Raikkonen's gone. Mm-hmm. I just it just naturally yeah. makes sense. He's not qualifying too no. well. I mean, his race base is still good. He's had a couple of results this year, but I think he's yeah he's dry. I think he naturally goes. I just don't know who you bring in. I, I again, I don't want to. I just don't think we should rush these kids in. Look at Sonoda. Mm. Like I don't think he deserves a drive for next year. And the only reason he got one is because the Japanese in Honda were putting pressure on Red Bull to sign him because it's a great marketing tool for them, for them to drop out. It's like, what's the point in keeping yeah, him? So, again, they've ruined the guy's career. If he had have had another two or three years to develop himself, I mean, I don't want to use Lando as an example, but I will. Look at where that guy, what he's done in his third year of F1 this year and the gains that he's yep. made. It almost takes three years for guys to get in and learn. I mean, we've seen the results that George Russell's getting this year in his third year. Has he got Williams. a point out there? I'm not. <laughs> Good. Good, Tommy. Had to get it in there, Campy. He's in the, he's in the bin. He's in the bin. He's in the bin. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, do you know do you know what I mean? But I think yeah. Red Bull yep. have ruined another career by taking these yep. guys way too early. Yeah. Yep. Um the only logical one for me is get Piastri in, but I think Weber should protect him a bit. I think they should just mm. Weber should just hold him off. Not next year, but if he wins I think Mark knows years, all too well what to do there. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's not not but putting him anywhere near Red Bull. <laughs> in, no, but in saying that, it's the guys like Yolandos and your Danny Ricks and yeah. Uh, Carlos Sainz, and when they step in the Formula 1, it doesn't matter when they step in. They mm. make an impact and do what they're supposed to do. Charles Leclerc's the same in their first year. So, I mean, Piastri's on that track, but he's he's a he's a, he's a a Renault junior driver yep. and not too sure after last the last Silverstone weekend, I think Guangzhou's, he put in a really solid performance in the feature yeah. race and uh, Piastri couldn't match it. But that's the first time that's happened this year. So... I'm not too sure where Piastri or sits in that pecking order with Renault, but um, who else do you bring He's in? He's just no so young. I don't it. think they feel like they're rushed with him, whereas like Guangzhou is getting a bit older mm. in respect and he had more experience in the junior category. So they're probably thinking, all right, now or never, and if he's not going to show it, then they'll. Yeah, but he's got some big Chinese money behind him too. Yeah, so. which is important. It's important for everyone. It is, and we would hate to say that it's uh, – that's the way our sport is, but that's definitely <laughs> how it is. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The on-track racing is irrelevant, really. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wh- where money's, do we see where do we see Danny Rick finishing, lads? Tommy T, what do you think he can possibly come? Right, where can we look in seven, seven, six, maybe? Campy, fifth, six, fifth, six. Yeah, I think I think around six is probably good, good enough as well. Uh, he really needs to get his starts nailed, doesn't he? And he needs to. Um, yeah, get that, get as much pace out of the car as quickly as possible. He's very good at dropping back very quickly at the moment, um, which is unfortunate. But uh, Gore's had zero luck in yeah. about three years either. Yep. So 
He's due for some good Not life. as bad as Bottas, though, well, but nah. it's certainly that amount. <laughs> uh, the likelihood of a red flag, I mean, we saw it, you know, a very quick red flag with Carlos's car, even though it was drivable. If um, it's windy it and it's well. hot, I can imagine it's going to be... Hang on, does this race start after midnight Australian Eastern Standard Time oh. or Daylight Savings Time? Because if it is, it then yes, it is guaranteed to have a red flag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is just how this happens. All right, lads. Well, look, we'll hopefully DR can get up the front. That's what we want. Uh, yep. Good to chat with you both uh, as well. If you're listening to this, uh, we're also having a MotoGP podcast come to life. Campy and I, uh, along with David Munnis, are doing it to them in the two-wheeled world. Um, we'll put a link to this to that in the description below. But do all the good stuff, lads. Looking forward to Jeez. live streaming Tommy, again do you tomorrow. want to do a guest appearance on Would that not. one? not. For the life of me, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where's the other one? Well, like the motor. Why do you have to wear you a stupid helmet? I don't get it. Moto GP starts at what? 10 o'clock now, race time. Oh, so that's, that's the awesome. only really redeeming part of it, is it's only a good time. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> For once, I agree with well, you. Let's go, and watch, let's go and watch basketball. Here's Russell Westbrook going to bloody Lakers. They still yeah, won't win the championship than I thought next you would be, year. Mate. That's really good. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Pistons I'm fan, a fan, so we've got Kate Cunningham, so I'm stoked. Jacked up about that. Number one pick. Jeez. Well, if you'd like to listen to more basketball podcasts, um, I guess just hang in here because I'm going, uh, Lance. <laughs> Looking yeah. for the race tonight. We'll chat tomorrow. Cheers, lads. Mate, oh, if, if Look how many people died without the vaccine. Communism still winning by about 119.1 million people. It's a little different when it's an ideology and people following it than a virus. Yeah, no, look, I'll get the vaccine. I just can't be fucked with it. There it is. I just love ranting. But you, you, uh, that's a good rant. You should probably put that at the end, James. That's a good little rant.